The season of Lent causes us to ponder trust. Our text this morning is going to be Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us this morning that you'd open up our eyes, open up our minds, open up our ears, open up our hearts to understand your word, to commit ourselves to life in Christ. Bless us in these things, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I can still see the scene vividly. I was a small boy clinging to my father's arm in a crowded special services pool on an Air Force base in Tokyo during the summer of 1970. My dad would push my hands off of his arm, swim out a bit in front of me, and tell me to swim to him. I was terrified and felt little trust that my dad would rescue me. I needed the discipline to learn to trust my father. We need to learn to trust our Heavenly Father, and there is no greater example of this than the only begotten Son of God. This morning, in the Gospel of Matthew, we'll learn the discipline of trust. The discipline of trust. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. We're seeing the temptation of Jesus this morning in the wilderness. And it says there in verse 1, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, Jesus has just been baptized. And I want to remind you that your baptism is an anointing to a new office, a new way of life. It's also your enlistment into the army of God to make war on the world, the flesh, and the devil. So Jesus has been baptized, and he went into the wilderness to make war on the devil. And note that it was the loving Holy Spirit that led him there. In other gospels, it says the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and this must happen. Jesus must be tested as Adam was tested. Jesus must be tested as the sons of Adam were tested in the days of the Exodus when they disobeyed God and they grumbled and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, going on to verse 2. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came and said to him, Friends, the season of Lent, which begins on Ash Wednesday and goes through Monday, Thursday, which is the day before Good Friday, is 40 days. It marks out the 40 days when Jesus was tested in the wilderness, and we are reminded of what our Savior did on our behalf. Jesus was fasting for 40 days, and he was hungry. Isn't that an understatement? Now, oftentimes we see things about Jesus' life, and we import all kinds of supernatural things into it. We think, well, Jesus was protected out there, so the 40 days went by, and he wasn't that hungry. He was the Son of God. But remember, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. In the wilderness, he did not eat for 40 days and 40 nights, and it took a toll on his body as though it would on any human being. He was a starving man. He was ravished and racked with hunger at the end of 40 days. He was hungry. Would he trust God? Unlike Adam, who ate the forbidden fruit. Now remember, Adam was placed into a garden. It was a gigantic buffet. All he has to do when he's hungry is reach out and grab something off a tree and eat it. You can eat of any of the trees of the garden, which would have included the tree of life. 
But do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And Adam fell in the midst of food, in the midst of a garden. Notice here, would the Son of God trust where Adam didn't? Would he trust God, unlike Israel in the wilderness, who grumbled constantly about food? They were brought out of their slavery in Egypt. They crossed through the Red Sea. They saw the hand of God and his curses upon Egypt. They saw him destroy the army of Pharaoh. They should have gone into the promised land. In a mere few months, they were fed and given water to drink, and they grumbled against God. They would not trust. It was about food. After 40 days, he was hungry, and now the devil came to the last Adam and said, verse three, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. In the midst of your temptation, says Satan, don't trust God, give in, give in. Don't trust, but take the forbidden fruit like Adam did. Give in, don't trust but complain about the manna, the bread from heaven, and demand something more. Don't trust God, but command these stones to be turned into bread. And notice what he says here. If you are the son of God, the devil's crafty, isn't he? He always turns things on little questions. Did God really say? If you are the son of God? Going on to verse four. But he answered, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What did the last Adam do? He answered, not with emotional anger, not with philosophical arguments, but with the word of God. The devil comes with his weapons, and Jesus brings out the sharpest of all weapons, the two-edged sword, the word of God. And these words are drawn from Deuteronomy where a new faithful generation has risen up in the wilderness and are told to trust God. Now remember, kids, the book of Deuteronomy comes to the Israelites after 40 years of wanderings, and all the men of that generation who grumbled have died off in the wilderness, and a new generation of Israelites has risen up. They're standing on the plains of Moab. They're looking across the Jordan River, preparing to come into the promised land in conquest, and God comes and reminds them again. This comes from Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse three. And he humbled you and let your hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The most elemental of food for us is not bread or physical things. The most elemental food for us is the word of God. At the end of the day, at the end of this age, the word of God stands. And if you wanna know how to stand against the devil, you stand upon the word of God. Can I hear an amen to that? Verse five, then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. So Jesus is now taken to the highest point in the temple, the height of the faith, the closest place to heaven. Now remember that the temple is built on a mountain in Jerusalem, which itself is a mountain city, a city on a hill. 
And then on the highest peak of the temple, the devil takes Jesus and puts him up there and challenges him to throw himself down for the angels are promised to come and deliver you. Your foot will not strike the stone. I believe this really happened. I don't think this is metaphorical. I think if you were standing in the temple that day and you looked up there on the highest point of the temple, you'd be like, who is that up there? Why, it was Jesus. If you are the son of God, the devil now quotes scripture. The devil knows the Bible. The sons of the devil quote scripture. The devil knows the scripture really well. And guess what? If you don't know it, you'll be defeated too. But you stand in the power of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides you and gives you understanding and faith to believe and to do the word of God. The devil knows it as a philosophical practice. But you know it as the words of life. And when you stand in the power of the Spirit, you overcome the devil and his misuse of the scriptures. This is for the trusting believer. Now notice this here. He will command concerning his, you concerning his angels on their hands. They will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. It's interesting here because this is talking about trusting believers. It comes out of Psalm 91. In Psalm 91 and verse one it says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the mighty, almighty. He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That is the person of God. The people of God trust in God. They are the ones who find shelter in the Most High and abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And down in verse 11 and 12, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. First and foremost, this is prophetic concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you look at the trajectory of Psalm 91, it's also a promise to believers. Trust in God. Find your shelter in the Almighty, and you will abide in his shadow. And what will he do? He sends his angels to protect you. How many times have you been protected in this life and you don't even know it? I've mentioned this before, but one of the things I'm looking forward to on the last day is meeting the angels that have watched over me in this life, thanking them hearing the stories about how they protected me, how ungrateful I've been because I didn't see it. God protects you with his angels. And so here Satan says, throw yourself down. The angels will come, right? If you're the son of God, they'll lift you up. You won't strike your foot. Throw yourself down and prove God's promise to those who trust in him. Verse seven of chapter four. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. The last Adam shows his trust by quoting scripture again. This time, it's not just in Deuteronomy, it's in Deuteronomy chapter six. This is where the Shema is drawn from. Hear, O Israel. Here in Deuteronomy chapter six is instruction that's placed on written pieces of paper in a tephilim, a a box and a phylactery that's put on your forehead. You take portions of this and you put it on the doorpost of your house. You teach it to your children. You remind them of what God has done and how you are to live. Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massah. What is that about? Don't put him to the test and the context here as you did at Massah. In Exodus chapter 17 and verse seven it says, and he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord saying, 
Is the Lord among us or not? They were out there in the wilderness constantly grumbling. Why do we have to eat this food? Why don't you give us a different kind of food? Oh, if we were back in Egypt, we would have such good food. Where's the water at, Lord? You brought us out here to kill us after the plagues have been poured out on Egypt. After the Egyptians give them all of their wealth and say, go, get away from us. After they saw the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke every single day. After the Red Sea had been parted and the army of Pharaoh had been destroyed and yet they grumbled and grumbled and grumbled. They grumbled at Massa. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test, says Jesus. Verse eight. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now notice this is the third temptation. Third temptation, we got a three here. Something's about to break out. Something's about to happen. Something old's coming to pass. Something new's about to happen. The first Adam lived on a high mountain. Remember all the rivers of the earth came out of the plateau where the Garden of Eden was and had the promise of kingship of the earth, but he did not trust and gave into the temptation of the devil. You shall be like God. Well, he already was like God. He was made in the image of God. God gave him dominion over the earth. And yet the one thing that God had said, not yet, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the devil comes and says, don't you want that thing? God's withholding that thing from you. Why would God not let you have that? If you do that, God knows that when you do that, you'll be like God, your eyes will be opened up. Don't you want that thing? Israel had the promise that all the nations will be blessed in you. The world is yours if you trust in me. When they're coming into the promised land, when they're coming into that place where they're preparing to go into conquest, but they will not trust God, what do they have? They have the fountainhead promises of Abraham. I'll make you as numerous as the sands of the seashore. They become a numerous people. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. I will be with you and will be your God and you will bless the nations, you will bless the nations, but they gave in to the temptation. The last Adam has the promise that he will be king and priest over the nations forever, but first he must trust God. Worship me, says the devil, and friends, the devil is always, always a liar. Verse 10, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Now notice here at the end of the day, Jesus exercises raw authority. Be gone, Satan. Deuteronomy chapter six, verse 13. This is where it says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve and by his name you shall swear. The haggard, hungry man stands before Satan the fallen angel. And yet he, Jesus, is the one worthy of worship. Hebrews chapter one, verse six says, and again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. On the last day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The angels will bow, the fallen angels will bow, Satan will bow. We, of course, will bow gladly, but the sons of the devil will bow as well. Jesus is the one worthy of worship, not Satan. Be gone, be gone. Matthew chapter four, verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Jesus trusted God, and the devil left, 
and the angels came and ministered to him. Jesus trusted God and used the word of God like an iron war hammer to beat the devil down like a cheap snare drum. When you trust God, the devil will flee from you. Jesus told the devil to leave, and he leaves. Now, we don't go around talking to the devil as though we have authority in ourselves. But in Jesus the Christ, we have authority. For he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when the devil comes to you and begins to speak into your ear, has God really said? Who do you think you are? You think you're great? You're a sinner. And you can say, guess what I am? But I'm in Christ. And James chapter four, verse seven says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you because you are in Christ, the king who has overcome and by his power and authority and by the power and authority of the Holy Spirit that lives in you and among us, when you resist the devil, the word of God tells you he will flee from you. Do you believe it, brethren? Lent is a season to ponder, trust, as we take a full appraisal of who we are as sinners and ask the question anew, why the cross? In dangerous situations that require extreme trust during the Vietnam War, members of the legendary long-range reconnaissance patrols, or LERPs, used to lie in a circle when being attacked, facing each other, and fire over each other's head. Each man had to trust the men across from them who literally had their back. In the extremely dangerous circumstance that was the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, the situation required extreme trust as the Son of God had to put his total trust in the hands of his heavenly Father while the arch enemy of the human race attacked and the destiny of the entire world hung in the balance. But Jesus did trust and did emerge from the wilderness victorious as we've seen this morning in the Gospel of Matthew, the discipline of trust. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your incomparable Son who goes from victory to victory, always victorious on our behalf. We thank you for him. We pray that we have been encouraged by his victory in the wilderness and that in him we can have victory day by day as well. Bless us and strengthen us in the week ahead. For we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.